0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Shooting Breezes podcast. My name is Jackie.
1: And my name is Brad.
0: And it is the 20th of May, 2020. How are you today, Brad?
1: I'm going okay. Yeah. I'm getting over mild cold symptoms.
0: Yes, yes.
1: I've had my first COVID-19 test.
0: Hopefully it comes back negative. I'm pretty Fingers sure it crossed. will. We will let our listeners know next week.
1: <laughs> You'll be hanging on the edge. The test
0: results, I'm sure, it's going to be negative but to start things off, I think I have a question for you.
1: Sounds good. What is your question this week? Okay.
0: So last week we talked about overseas travel and how important it was for the Australian psyche to be known for being big travellers and, you know, going off to far-off places and engaging in different cultures and how that was so important to Australians. So my question is, what's your favourite thing about the Australian identity or being Australian.
1: Okay. Oh, I like this one. Cuz uh, it's a
0: really good test because quietly, Brad
1: is a New is Zealander. A New Zealander. Oh, I know. Born but New I've Zealander. I've made the decision to become Australian, so to me it's, it might even be more important. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> um, but there are a lot of things that I think are very peculiar about Australia that makes it, you know, sort of special. Okay. Um <clears throat> I think one of the things we're most known for internationally is kind of our laid back sort of larrikin mm. attitude, um, that and our binge drinking.
0: Yes. I get that <laughs> a lot, actually, when I'm overseas. Oh, you must drink a lot.
1: Yeah. And I think it's warranted. I think we do, we do <laughs> hold our warranted. own. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But... If you compare us to, I think, maybe the Irish, who mm. I've had a few opportunities to mm-hmm. sink piss with mm-hmm. and have always been impressed by how the Irish can, you know... I think down. the
0: Irish would give us a run for and our And they money.
1: do. So um, I, I think I'll steer clear of binge drinking mm. being my favourite thing mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Australia, Although it's a highlight. It is. Um, look, I it's going to be hard for me to describe, but I think one and the thing I'm going to go for is... The Aussie sense of humor. Okay. Um, how would you
0: describe it?
1: It's, well, it, it's distinct. It's very, um, just very relaxed and, um, I don't know. <laughs> so there's a lot of, if I
0: think of Aussie humor, there's a lot it? of, it's, it's there's a lot of kind of crass words yeah. is how I describe <laughs> Aussie, Aussie humor.
1: I think it's kind of like, we, like, we got, I think you, what it, what you see it the most is in whether it's like a frantic situation or when mm-hmm. um, things are sort of going, like, unplanned, mm-hmm. uh, the Aussie sense of humour is just to not even worry about it, no stress, and to yeah. uh, sort of laugh about it. Yeah. And you kind of like... It's
0: almost a coping mechanism, because <laughs> well, Aussies can't it's take a, anything too seriously, so if it gets real, then they'll go to humour.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's like, yeah, a kind of default thing to, mm. to fall back into. Um and I think it's it's very similar to the New Zealand sense of humor, but I think they they take it the Kiwis take it to a different degree, which is also extremely impressive.
0: Okay, how would you say the Kiwis do it?
1: Um, well, the Kiwis just I, get, I I I won't describe it, but I'll just say you know watch um, what, what's the director's name what to Taiki Waikiki? Oh God. Why Tiki The
0: one that did Thor three. Oh, <laughs> well,
1: did Thor like Ragnarok? Is not Ragnarok. Yeah, um, Thor
0: Ragnarok. Thor yeah.
1: Ragnarok mm. and the the stone guy um, is actually the director himself. Mm. So that kind of Kiwi sense of humor. Okay. Um. Or uh, Hunt for the Wildebeests. Yes, that's a Again, really good movie. Um. Good
0: recommendation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Any anything by that director is, is, is he? He recently did a really good one that came out. Um. <gasps> with Hitler. <laughs> oh, Jojo <laughs> like jo Rabbit. Yeah, exactly. Jojo jo Rabbit. It was just, it's a really um, good one. Yeah, really good. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'd say the Aussie sense of humour, it's pretty distinctive. And um, when you get a really funny Australian there, uh, yeah, they make me proud.
0: Very good. Well, on the flip side then, if you can think of one, what's the least thing you like about the Australian identity? <sighs>
1: the bogans the bogans not 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 no no, no no not really not not the bogans because i like the bogans and it's mm-hmm. also my favorite thing mm. uh, one of my favorite things um but the the racist bogans
0: but is there a part of every nation and society that has people that you know are extreme in their views or something that you probably wouldn't or well, really definitely like I, well, or identify with.
1: And and I'm not saying that it's distinctive to Australia <laughs> um, or it's unique or anything like that because, yeah, I think every country definitely has this part of mm-hmm. it, um, but it's the part that I'm least proud of, Australia. Mm,
0: fair um, enough, fair so, enough. I wonder if it's because Australia is so isolated, as we were talking about last week, the, that lends itself to being a little bit more kind of xenophobic or nationalistic where you, you just want, you, uh, there's this kind of section of society that only that wants to keep it as it is and not and not want to welcome any new people
1: and yeah and you really see that like all the time on the, the mm. back of the, the back of um windows car windows <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Stickers. F, f off we're full sticker <laughs> that's um, right which embodies that kind of culture
0: mhm mhm <laughs> mm-hmm. fair enough Okay, uh, do you have a question for me? I've
1: got, well, I'm, I'm returning to the quiz that we started <gasps> last week. Quiz
0: time. If you remember, okay.
1: you quizzed me about I remember. slogans. I'm
0: one, Brad is zero Okay, that's keeping wanna, count.
1: I think we need to define it. So I've got a quiz for you. I've got ten questions. Ten questions. Uh, we'll go through them pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, but I'm thinking we'll just do a like, classic college, university thing. 50% is a pass.
0: Okay, I like that. <laughs> that's good. I. That's uh, good odds for me.
1: Because it's not super easy.
0: Okay. All right. Now so I'm scared.
1: This, this quiz this week, uh, my first one to you, Jackie, yes. is going to be on who said that.
0: Who said that?
1: So I picked a few famous quotes.
0: Oh, snap.
1: And you're going to tell me who said it. Okay. Okay. Oh, this is
0: going to be hard.
1: There are a couple people that aren't real. They're from movies. <laughs> 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 Just What to- are the
0: rules? Just what are the rules? No, <laughs> I'm kidding. Let's go. Okay. I got this.
1: Number one, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened.
0: Uh don't cry. Have, have you ever heard of that? Over. I feel like I have.
1: I really it really stood it's out to me. It's a
0: really annoying quote because the worst thing you want to hear when you're down and crying is, <laughs> "Oh, look on the bright have- side of it." Uh I don't know.
1: Uh, that was Dr. Seuss.
0: Dr. Seuss. Mm, I no learned way. I learned something with that one.
1: Actually, when I was looking through all the quotes, Dr. Seuss is like prolifically quoted. He wow, has some really good ones Dr. out there.
0: Dr. Seuss. Okay, I like that one. Okay, next one. Zero for one. Ooh, ouch. Okay.
1: Be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. Uh
0: is that be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. Uh I'm gonna is that Kirk Cobain?
1: It is not Kirk (laughs) Cobain. That one is another prolific quoted person, Oscar Wilde.
0: Oscar Wilde.
1: That's zero for two, Jackie. I thought you'd actually be pretty good because mm. you strike me as one of the people that in high school had little books that had quotes. I
0: find that for some reason very offensive. Did you not have one of
1: those <laughs> books with like inspirational no, I don't. quotes? Well,
0: I still do actually. I have like this little book that every time I hear something funny or good or inspiring, I'll note it down on a book. So I guess I am that kind of person, but I don't I don't identify as that kind of person. Okay.
1: Okay. Uh, well, okay. You can still say okay. this. Okay, Do or do not. There is no try.
0: Uh, oh, God. It's on it, the tip of my tongue. Familiar, yeah? It's in a movie, right? Is,
1: okay. Yeah. This is one of the movies. Do movie or one.
0: do not. There is no try. I'll
1: try and give you a clue. Give for me this a one. hint. Do or do not. There is no try. Yoda. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't doing the full Yoda. I just tried to do the yes. speech pattern. So you're yes. one, four, three, yes, I think. Yes. I'm
0: taking it. Yes.
1: If you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything.
0: Oh, often quoted. This one. Um, is there an option for a hint on all of them?
1: <laughs> no. Uh,
0: is it? Is it a sporting person? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it Gandhi? Get,
1: no, it was Malcolm X.
0: Oh, Amer- American
1: culture is, is a bit hard for an Australian, but I thought yeah. No, part. I
0: should have known that actually i went too peaceful i should have gone a little bit more all right
1: well you're one for four okay okay you must be the change you wish to see in the world i'll give you a clue go back to being peaceful gandhi yeah (laughs) that one was gandhi (laughs) you knew gandhi would be in here somewhere
0: (sighs) all
1: right two for five
0: yes keep going
1: All right, this one's pretty, I thought it would be easy. I came, I saw, I conquered.
0: Uh, Is it Alexander?
1: It's Julius Caesar.
0: Ooh.
1: It's going to be one of those, (laughs) one of the greats. Damn.
0: Have I already failed? I
1: think you might have. Let's keep going. Okay. I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that don't work.
0: Uh, That's um, Einstein.
1: Thomas Edison, you're on the right oh the right damn
0: track. I almost said Edison because of the light bulb yeah. situation okay uh, this cho- is embarrassing
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was embarrassing for me last week
0: <laughs> I feel I know how it feels now.
1: Choose a job you love and you will never have to work a day in your life
0: ooh um
1: Let's, let me know if you need a clue for this okay, one. give me a clue. He lived about oh, three thousand years ago oh choose a job three thousand maybe longer. Sun Tzu, Confucius.
0: Oh, I knew it was Chinese. <laughs> was Damn, he, he was
1: about three. He was he was a long time ago. Or am I getting way wrong? Is he? Oh, the, I don't know. Anyway, maybe less because 3,000 like year, 3, years of history and five thousand years of not recorded history. Well, I'm just giving so myself props
0: for to getting the nationality
1: right. Um. <clears throat> okay. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is not given to us. Sorry, I've got it wrong. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us.
0: Okay, that's often quoted as well. Mm, I'm going to say Kennedy.
1: So I'll I'll, I'll try and do it the way he does it. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. (laughs) Frodo. Frodo! (laughs) No, I'm saying Frodo. That's the end of the the quote.
0: Oh, is that... Uh, is it Sam White?
1: Gandalf, God. All right. You, you've definitely <laughs> lost this one. Last one. I'm
0: falling off a cliff. I'm flailing.
1: 80% of success is showing up.
0: Uh, give me a clue. That was
1: Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's one all. Thanks one for playing. One all. Thanks for playing. playing.
0: Yep. Boom, boom. Some good ones there. Yeah. Some really famous ones. Yeah, I thought so. Did you I, fact check?
1: I did. Look or did at, you just I did, like did look at pull up a few website. websites and okay. some of them were consistently yeah. the same people? Because
0: um, isn't it just a truth of the internet that um, a lot, a lot of quotes are, quotes, are just misquoted constantly.
1: I think so, but those are all accurate. Um, <laughs> and if it's any consolation prize, I wouldn't have got that either. Yeah, but okay, this is my quiz, so there we go. Lovely. Uh, um, news. So news. Alrighty. Do you this
0: want to start? One. Sure. Okay. What's your news today?
1: I was reading recently, and I've been <clears throat> not following this hugely, but I've seen a couple of headlines okay. poke up about um, you know COVID nineteen and how the whole sporting community has stopped all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in a few countries, are looking at restarting some of those um, sporting codes that had been stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the first countries to do that, and one of the first soccer leagues to start, was in South Korea. Okay. Um, so there's a South Korean soccer competition that has started. Um, but they still have to I didn't
0: ever know that South Koreans liked soccer, to be honest.
1: They I think most countries have soccer. Yeah, sure. Um it depends how good they are at it. Mm. Um but anyway, so they are starting uh playing soccer again, but um have to adhere to social distancing. <laughs> um <laughs> so uh Okay. Uh, well, I mean, not not on the field, but right. like the code does. Got it. So that means no um, people in the stands. Okay. Um, but I I don't know if you watched. Um, there was a footy game recently uh, in Australia where they they played the the footy and there was no one in the crowd. And it was really different experience watching it a changes game it. Yeah. with an empty stadium. Uh, so what <laughs> what they've done in eerie
0: so, silence. It was yeah.
1: Uh, so what they did in South Korea to kind of. I don't know for the, for the spectators that are watching at home to get them a some sort of feel of what it used to be, mm. uh, they decided it would be a good idea to, you know, put people in the stands that didn't have to social distance and they weren't living people; they were dolls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what kind of dolls?
1: <laughs> well, this is where um, said soccer club uh, got a lot of ridicule mm. um, because a few days after the game, uh, uh, people started looking at the. <laughs> The, the stands and they started to realise that why are like ninety percent of the, the, the people in the stands female? Oh
0: my god. And stop. very
1: and very busty females. <laughs>
0: stop it.
1: So the when they when they procured said dolls, um, they didn't realise at the time but they were procuring sex dolls. Of
0: course they were, because where are you gonna find that many dolls? Who's creating life size dolls if if not for sex doll purposes? I know,
1: right? Um but but I think so the reason why they didn't realise is because they when they were getting the sex dolls or getting the dolls, they Mm -hmm. asked for them to be like, you know, they had to have clothing on them. Mm -hmm. Um, So the sex doll supplier um, clothed them in all like sex brands clothing. (laughs) So so like when when the people were sleuthing on the internet, they were like looking at all the logos of these these dolls and they tracked back to sex companies. Got it. And adult companies. Um,
0: And also they were like in lingerie.
1: You know, uh, <laughs> no, they're, they're actually they're, they're dressed they're, well. Yeah, okay. But they were like hot pink hair. Like it, it was sure, very, it was very okay. apparent when you looked at them all together. They, these,
0: oh my gosh! And,
1: and and just to paint the picture, like we're not talking, um, you know, blow up dolls. These resem- yeah, resemble real right. people. Yeah, like they're, yeah, they're like more like really mannequins, mm, and they mm-hmm. don't have like they're not a surprised look on their face. They, yeah, yeah. You know, mouths closed. <laughs> <laughs> just to paint the picture. Yeah. Um, painted well. So, so the soccer club, uh, who thought they were, you know, had a really good idea, yeah. has ended up being like just slammed online, and by like women's rights groups, and and, right. a, and a lot of um, there's been a lot of heat on them, and they've had to come out and formally apologise.
0: Okay. But I was. Like, I don't know if we should I, go that far with no, condemning I, them and and putting them in the in the naughty corner. I, I think, think it's just that was, funny. Yeah,
1: that's that exactly what I read of it. I was like, why can't everyone just laugh at this? And and what like if they wanted to. Like get people into the stadium, or get dolls into the stadium. Like, who cares if it's a sex doll? Mm. Like, you know, it's serving the purpose, and that is mm-hmm. just you know, being a head that's in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, adult companies need work during the COVID nineteen as well. That's they, true. they need they're a, supporting they, they need an
0: important industry exactly. So I would like I would I would happily say, well, this is a good idea, poor execution. But I don't even know about if it's a good idea. Like, what's the point of having a silent doll? Like silent dolls in the, I would have thought the the what you're missing is the sound and the cheering.
1: So a lot of um, codes that are going back are adding that post post game. So so there will be fake cheering.
0: Right.
1: And I I was torn on that as well because I I think it I think you do need it because watching the game just just really silently, it's like watching a kids kids soccer game. Like it, it just doesn't feel like it is at the level that it. That it yeah, is. That it the should excitement, be. The... And yeah, there's something about that crowd atmosphere that that, that builds that mm. that sort of gets you like really excited about the game. A
0: good commentator might be able to to save it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. So and, and I'm sure they would have had a commentator. I didn't actually watch said soccer game. I but... wonder if
0: they panned panned the audience. And like did you know how like in um when a game is televised they'll like go to like different fans <laughs> yeah. and like what they what whatever like signs they've got and things? I wonder if they we did should, a few yeah, we cuts. Should, we should go.
1: There might be um, some on YouTube. Actually, we should have a look. But uh, anyway, that, that, that's it. There's not a whole lot to talk about. I just yeah. saw that headline and Funny. couldn't stop laughing for a little while. Yeah, and I wanted good to share for it. them. What was what was your news article this week? So
0: I um, I found or saw um, some space related news, and for those oh, I love who, space news. yes, so for those who have been listening. For a while, you might know that both Brad and I love space news. I feel like I have developed my love of space since being like, since, since like, we've been together. Yeah. 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 And the, you know, the 50 times you've forced me to watch Interstellar, (laughs) um, I've learned things, you know, you know, Um, I've screamed, but I've also learned. Um, And so I saw that this week NASA Mm. released Mm. what they're calling the Artemis Accords, um, which is a new kind of international agreement which they hope international space sta- agencies and private companies will mm. sign up to. And it's just about um, uh, signing up to how you should behave in space.
1: I guess this, because America this week um, launched the their Space Force, right? I saw Trump. Cutting some ribbon this week about the Space Force.
0: Yeah, so it would it would include all players in space. So it's kind of, it's very similar to um, a treaty called the Outer Space Treaty, which mm-hmm. was in 60, all the way back in 67, which shows how long it's been, you know, between drinks really in terms of um, thinking about how we behave in space and what we need in terms of um the norms of behavior well, in space because
1: it's such a different sort of outlook at the moment, right? In the sixties, you know, it was just trying to, first one to get to the moon, right? Mm. And now it's all about first one to mine the moon or first yeah. one to mine an asteroid. So, you know, how do you get like two hundred countries set up on the moon and and get them all a bit of space?
0: That's right. So it's getting crowded. So you're totally right. And I think the other thing that's coming up is that in the next five years we'll have well, NASA is committed to putting. Their first woman, uh, the first woman, and another man on the, uh, you know, so people on the moon mm. again. Wow! Exciting, Very super exciting. exciting. Well, they, got, um, they got
1: plans to actually um, start their moon base, right?
0: Yeah. So the and the international space station is kind of at the end of its kind of getting towards the end of its life, and that might be privatized. There's um, a lot of speculation about whether that will be privatized. Cool. So, um, so what the what the Artemis Accords does. You know, on top of what that outer space treaty already did, was really trying and engage and welcome private companies because, you know, SpaceX is there. Uh, what is it? Blue Origin, mm. um, Virgin Galactic. There's so many private companies that have come up and filled the gap of um, where space agencies have kind of took it, taken a step back mm. in terms of exploration in space. And so the Artemis Accords goes through things like, um, like uh, making uh, uh, documenting uh, where all your craft are so they don't smash into each other, which apparently is a is a concern mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because the space around Earth is getting quite um, busy.
1: God, uh, you see, you've uh, seen with satellites that recently with and um, debris and things. Elon Musk's SpaceX satellite system that he's put mm. like ten thousand satellites into low earth orbit. Mm. Um and he's had to recently um they've had some success because sorry that to- no, <laughs> so, t- go. Because it's, it's so busy in that low lower Earth order, yeah. which is like the one that you can kind of see with your naked eye, Yeah, um, that there, were, there was a lot of fear in like the stargazing community that they were going to be ruining the, oh, really? the night sky for, that bad? for forever. Because, yeah, it, it would be forever changed because it would just be scattered with satellites.
0: That chocker.
1: Um, so what they've had to do is they, it, they had a couple attempts. The first one they kind of just like painted the undercarriage. It didn't okay. do much work. But mm-hmm. now they've actually got like this umbrella kind of thing where they put under the satellite which kind of blocks the light light from reflecting back down to earth okay um so yeah hopefully yeah. The, the stars aren't ruined for everyone by yeah by private companies who
0: knew there was so much junk out there so apparently that you know the amount of craft and things in that space around earth only 87 percent are actually logged under this treaty so there are Nations, companies? Question mark. Who are <laughs> like launching things? Satellite yeah. Systems, so there's yeah. a clear, there's a there's a clear need that some nations might want to keep things secret. Mm-hmm. But um, but there's a it makes the um the chance of collision yeah. high. Yeah. So you imagine. You yeah. Exactly. Safe and let everyone because like, you
1: got to like figure out what those paths are ahead of time right yeah
0: exactly so the the accords ask for that they ask for like research to be shared um you know so if you do send you know craft into the moon like the research that you have is shared amongst the whole global community um it asks for transparent
1: process
0: (laughs) yeah exactly so none of these things are perfect i think the the principles are there but i think it's in i think it's in the execution and how it's implemented that will be a be the catch, um, things like respecting historical sites. So once the moon landing, yeah. Site. So once private companies do start uh, colonising the moon, or if they do, they can't, you know, go, go up to up the, Neil Armstrong's um, footprint Armstrong, Armstrong's footprint, yeah. footprint and uh, and destroy it um, with a digger or something. So I think um, there are all sorts of things that um, are needed to kind of lay the road for the next. The next um, frontier, the next frontier, the next stage in space exploration. But I think um, what was interesting um, about some of the media um, and reporting that came about the um, Artemis Accords was the original treaty. It was all about um, this having this blank space of blank space, this blank space of frontier, which was space, right? Mm. And not um, not repeating the same mistakes that colonists had done on Earth. So the the treaty asked that you a nation couldn't just land on the moon and put a flag in it and claim it as their own. Mm. So it just made me think about, you know, when we do get to the point of landing on the moon, colonizing the moon, potentially setting up cities on the moon, like what it would look like for if a if a private company was the one to do it and how what would the rules be like would the moon, you know, and then pu- pushing forward, like what if a new generation is born on the moon, you know, wow. a generation that's not, that wasn't even born on earth, the, the links to earth and to the nations uh, and to the companies that started them, do they, do they then have to pay their dues? So you get this whole uh, problem of, you know, if, if there, if there's a colony on the moon, Will they have to pay taxation without representation? <laughs> there's,
1: there's a excellent book by Andy Weir, okay, uh, called Artemis. Okay, uh, that talks about this very topic, and it's yeah. said in the future with the moon base, and you know people are born and, and live on the moon, mm. and you know taxes go back to Earth, and yeah, um, it's 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 an interesting take on it.
0: Yeah, taxation but- without representation is a good way to to get conflict. I think, <laughs> um, and I think that's why it's so important that we start at least talking about the rules. Cause I think, um, when people talk about space and space exploration, and I would love for you to, to give you a little spiel about why space exploration and space agencies, um, are really important. Um, but I think it's important that we do start talking about this because I think people look at space and they kind of lump it with sci-fi and, um, like that's like outlandish futuristic
1: or, or it's not where we should be spending our money there's there's yeah. problems on earth um, exactly and you know space costs billions and billions and trillions of dollars mm. um so you know why are we basically just doing this sci-fi endeavor when you know we should be solving real life problems that's the main one that gets really yeah um, yeah
0: main. and i think if we're moving well it's like i think there's no doubt that we're that space is the next frontier. I think you know, nations will be private companies will be moving into that space, um, and I think now's the time to talk about it because if we like, wait too long, then the decisions will be made for us in the way that it the um, in the way that it's developed, like the technology is developed.
1: So, have have many countries signed up for this? Like, it's so they've just a re- so they've led.
0: just so NASA just released it. So they're hoping that. Um, international agencies and private companies will sign to it, to it or, it, yeah. you know, um, a- agree to it or join it. Um, but again, it's – it's so it's NASA, so it's American-led, so yeah. you wonder whether um, other countries – Won't like that, you know, where it's once again American-owned, American-propelled. Kind of, there's a you would you would think like NASA
1: would have the relationships with all the other international space agencies and should have asked them, you know, to contribute. Mm, Um, That's a good point. And yeah, well, I'll I'll be interested to to watch it and and see what happens with it over, I guess, the next few months and Mm. whether there is a big uptake. And hopefully, you're you're right. When yeah, there's definitely needs to be some rules out there. Otherwise, you get into space piracy. Yeah, if there's no (laughs) rules,
0: you know, there's no norms, there's no, there's nothing that curbs behavior. Then you'll get the the base behavior Mm. because, especially if um, private companies are involved, they they are propelled by the bottom dollar. So they're looking at what's going to make them money. If that's mining for resources, if that's tourism, and without any norms, agreed norms around that, then we could be in a really bad position, I think.
1: Yeah, be, hopefully we're alive to see some of the some of this, the moon base, and you know, private companies going off and mining asteroids, and you know, us, yeah, maybe it's colonizing something that's not on Earth. Wouldn't that be cool?
0: Yeah, I I think it's well within our lifetimes, hopefully.
1: Yeah, well, you know, like Elon Musk and NASA have have these missions that are well within our timeline, but things get delayed. And that's true. Yeah, Ooh, it'll be interesting to see.
0: That's true, but it's good to see that even with COVID nineteen, it didn't delay the announcement of the Artemis Accords.
1: Awesome, where, where life does, goes where on. Where does Artemis come from? Because it's the you know Artemis the, the, is the, a
0: a Greek god, right? God of the sun. I'm gonna say sounds
1: like a Greek god. Yeah, sun. Sorry, of the sun. Of the no. sun.
0: Yeah, he was the well, he was the son oh, of Zeus. Son of Zeus, but I think everyone. I think everyone's the Ildarine's son of, son of Zeus, <laughs> right? Son or like, daughter of Zeus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, no! Is Artemis the god of war?
1: Maybe. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Apollo, <laughs> Apollo is, the is, is the god of the of sun. War. Oh, right.
0: So Artemis is the female god. Of war. All right. Well, if you oh, can, no, is that so, a someone, someone
1: can fact check for Someone
0: us. help us, please.
1: <laughs> and, and and find out when Confucius left. It, it definitely wasn't 3,000 <laughs> years ago. It, it would have been like 500 you gotta, years ago you got to let something. go of Confucius, man. Well, I, I, just, I You just really do. People are saying like, why do you think he lived 3,000 years ago? He's like, <laughs> anyway, he, he's, he's not alive today.
0: Sometimes it's a good thing that nobody listens to us. Sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Just the people hitting us up on Twitter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Uh, do, 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 do.
0: Blue, sky blue Sky
1: Thinking. Ah. It's me this week.
0: It is you this week. What blue sky thinking topic have you brought for us?
1: Well, I was <clears throat> seeing a few headlines this week about worrisome, troublesome universities and how these private institutions are experiencing a bit of hardship at the moment mm-hmm. uh, in a COVID-19 world. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of, I think all, um, universities uh, have a significant portion of their revenue um, is is made from international students. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: mm-hmm. And currently uh, not a lot of those international students are able to study overseas. Mm. Um, a lot of the institutions here in Australia got hit pretty hard about it. I think uh, right. I've seen figures like down 30% of international students. Mm-hmm. And um, they, like... Uh, the actual, the head of um, Queensland University, Peter Fergus, mm. uh, who used to be secretary of Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade, um, was saying that if if things don't normalise, I think by the intake of twenty twenty one, universities are going to have to start making some big decisions and and reworking the way that they operate because mm-hmm. I don't think they'd they'd be able to move on um, just financially. Um, yeah. So that's that's one thing that's hit them. The other thing is. Um, they're struggling with jobs like everyone else. Um, oh, okay. Like a lot of academics and researchers, um, haven't been able to keep, like, continue working. Oh, um, yeah. So
0: because they have been on the cutting block when money hasn't come in.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think I think the uh, yeah, like they're trying to figure out what we're gonna what we can do with okay. our current revenue, and what we mm-hmm. need to let go, and you know, I guess research is one of the first things that is. Not yeah. not necessary to operate.
0: That's disappointing. Yeah. So <laughs> because research is where all the innovation comes exactly. from. where which might then in turn lead to jobs. That's yeah. where you're supposed to be put investing in right now, right?
1: Yeah. And so and, and, and what's making it harder is for some reason they they were struggling for researchers to qualify for job seeker. Oh, uh, so they weren't even getting ooh, the government okay. um, subsidies because, okay. yeah, for whatever reason, it wasn't considered a, a proper wage. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, there, there's a lot of things that are hitting universities. Mm-hmm. And, and some of these uh, analysts that are looking at this are saying that, well, universities are just going to have to go more like everyone else and, and do more things online. mm mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of universities are, are doing that. Some universities are solely online. Yep. Um, but I think some of the, the more prestigious ones have always been a bit hesitant to offer online courses. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this and thinking, you know, what is the future for college? Like, you know, we're looking at the next 10 years, mm-hmm. next 30 years, and like, what, what do you think we're gonna see? And because you, Jackie, are uh, studying at the moment and have actually recently within the last twelve months gone from both studying online yep. to studying, you know, in class. Yes. And then back to online. Back to online with, with, with COVID. corona. Yes. Um so I, I was I was really interested in your perspective and, and maybe your thoughts on where universities might be going and whether it's online out of necessity and, and what you think we might lose if if that is, you know, one day, you know, makes up the most of the bulk of mm-hmm. what people do when they study secondary education?
0: Yeah. So mm, lots of thoughts swirling. So for for me personally, uh, online, um, so I'm doing a master's through Georgetown University in in DC in the US. Uh, And for me personally, uh, online instruction has been both an incredible blessing, um, but also uh, in terms of the fact that I could pursue my master's when I wasn't physically located in DC, you know, I um, there was you and a two-year-old daughter back here that um, that made it difficult for me to fly over and and start in campus last year, and so the fact that I didn't have to wait, you know, yeah. um, and that I could fit it into my lifestyle how I needed, um, and there was that flexibility, uh, was enabled me to do something that if it was just purely on campus, uh, there was just no way I would be able to do it. Um, but then when I went on campus and I brought, um, our daughter to DC for a semester, uh, I really, uh, felt that that kind of engagement added something. Um, and I, and I know this is why a lot of those prestigious universities kind of shy away from online because, um, it's, it's about kind of the campus lifestyle, um, and the engagement and the face-to-face instruction that, Mm. um, I think online would struggle to, to fully replicate. Um, so I did love being on campus. Um, but I think as we move forward, things like coronavirus will just propel the evolution a little bit more. Um, because when I was on campus, it was like, you know, you could, you could, go to lectures that you weren't kind of signed up to you'd have all these um, amazing speak speakers that would come to campus and and that you could you know um, sit in a sit in a room and listen to them speak mm. and when you're online that that was kind of out of reach right um, but now with Corona now that I've gone back online I'm noticing that there's more of an effort to make all of those opportunities online mm. so you know now there's no lecturer you know guest lecturer there's it's only you know via zoom or whatever online tool you're using and so i think if all universities move towards that and make more of an effort to create um that that um connection that dynamic that engagement in online then it can only be really good for people who um for people that need that flexibility Mm. um, that like, they, they can't, can't be, campus, they can't be on campus, you know, um, yeah. and and so it might open up, you know, it might open up particular courses to a greater, you know, a greater portion of people that usually couldn't. Mm. Um, and in terms of the Australian university problem, I think, I think Australian universities, I think there's been a growing sense that um, perhaps Australian universities rely too much on international. Intake for their for for the money,
1: mm.
0: um, uh, but I think Australian universities are so um, popular in terms of attracting international students. Not just because they're great universities and we do have fantastic universities here, but because of the Australian lifestyle. It's mm. not just come study at you know Australian an Australian university and get access to Australian material and lecturers. It's come live. You know, in Canberra, in Melbourne, in Sydney, enjoy everything that Australia has to offer mm. in terms of the lifestyle of a of a of a student. Yeah. Um. And so, if Australian universities are looking to position themselves as um the next online, you know, uh, as the next batch of as the, as amazing online, online, yeah. I yeah. don't know. I don't know if they'll be able to. To compete. to compete
1: with the, the lifestyle that people are getting, the culture that people are getting, I, I, I agree, and I, I think you really touch on an important point when you talk about like the lifestyle that university mm. brings. Like I, I think education wise, like if if a you know if if a university made that effort and put everything online, mm. I think people will come out as qualified. Um, what I what I think that universities offer. Um, I think about my time in uni, and I, I didn't live on campus or anything, so my experience wasn't, you know, the, the best university experience that you can get. But, you know, you look at the the bulk of people that go to universities and colleges, and they are high school graduates. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very, like, pivotal point in their lives, and they're doing a lot of learning, and they're doing a lot mm-hmm. of growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of time that they spend at university kind of shapes who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them, um, you know, use it as a as a chance to broaden sort of their mindset and and you know learn about new things and and, and try new things mm-hmm. um, and I think I, and I wonder you know the long-term implications if you know you know I I don't think it would ever only solely go to online but if, mm. if you lost that and the bulk of it was online mm. um, you know what the world would look like you know 20 years from now and or 30 years from now when you know a lot of these people might have missed the opportunity it's to that uh,
0: university experience yeah
1: that you know yeah, that good university experience you know the the growing up, that you can do, yeah, and mm. yeah,
0: I mean, there's like you're right, there's some irreplaceable memories I have from my uh, undergraduate degree where we'd roll into like a lecture from two to four and then completely, like, all as an en masse roll out of the lecture hall into the pub next door and then just start, <laughs> you know, um, start shooting the breeze, but like talking about the lecture, yeah. and that's and that's how you. You know, through beers—that's a lot of how I learned. You know, and and, you're, and how and interacting I interacting with a
1: lot of people that are outside of your bubble, right? Because mm. you're forced to go to university and you interact with people that that's are from true. completely different cultures yeah. and upbringings than mm-hmm. you. Know, and you know, you go there and you you have that open mindset and you talk about you know the subject that you've learned or, or whatever. Mm. But it forces you to be in that situation. So I think people that naturally come out of that tertiary education with. Just a broader perspective, right? Um, which I think is super important when we talk about university. Like, yeah. you know, how many university education qualifications? Um, when you're going for a job, it's not about how what you learn at university. It's you're just right. the fact that you went to university. Yeah, you studied something you can study, but you've gone through this process. And you're
0: you- totally right. Like, how many times do you like that in a lecture somebody? brought a perspective or a, an opinion that just made you so angry or hot <laughs> under the colour, and unless you're exposed to that and then you're forced to defend your views or, mm. you know, in a debate format or if you just felt so um, raised by it that you had to respond, on an online setting, are you placed in those positions? But it did remind me of, um, you know, how we were talking about remote work right. last week there are kind of different levels of maturity in terms of achieving a truly remote kind of solution. So at the least mature is just trying to replicate everything that you that happens kind of everything that happens face to face. You try and just move it into and squish it into whatever online box you can find so that and that, and that makes a poor. Experience,
1: so you got to kind of reinvent it.
0: Yeah, and so there's like different levels of maturity, and at the most mature level, it's like every it's um it's uh, the whole experience is uh, made better for the fact that so you're using all the things that remote offers you to your to your advantage, mm. um and and I think if universities can pivot and start thinking about how they make this better for their students, then maybe we will be able to not. Replicate campus instruction, but offer something that a new
1: alternative that, that
0: yeah, might. an alternative that actually teaches them the things that university needs to to teach its students to make them well-rounded you yeah.
1: know, well, graduates. It, it'll be interesting. I, I I I don't see a world where you know we're gonna lose the on-campus experience anytime no, soon. But I, I would hope not. No, I, I couldn't see it, but um, it'd be interesting to see what universities do. And there's been some talk in Australia about. You know, universities merging out of necessity, mm. uh, which would be interesting how that how they go about doing that. Um, but anyway, watch that space and yeah. It's interesting to get well,
0: your I perspective saw on that. Yeah, I saw. Um, as interesting, you brought this topic up because I saw today that Cambridge in uh, the UK has committed to uh, uh, being online until summer twenty twenty one. Oh, there you go, something like that. Just, yeah. So joining um, the
1: fold of all those tech companies that are. Uh,
0: no. <laughs> Indefinitely, <laughs> no. Um, I hope I hope um universities survive and thrive long after this time because they're such an important, you know, part of our yeah, society right. and,
1: and and as we said, and we, they're we such we touched good before, feeders. Like so much research that goes mm. into how society runs and yeah, you know, medicine and all all those sort of things. So a lot of that research happens at universities, mm. mm-hmm. uh, so we really need to figure out how to how to salvage that. Cool.
0: Okay. Is that it for today?
1: Yeah, that, I think so. We'll, we'll call it there. It's been good. Thanks for joining us again.
0: And we will hear you, see you, speak to you next week. Bye.